so far. <laughs> uh, my name is Rebecca. I am Landon's wife. Uh, that makes me assistant to the children's pastor. That's what I call it anyway. It's a fun gig. Um, <laughs> so I'm up here today to share with you our big idea of the service. Each week we focus on one big idea that we're going to expand on throughout our service. And this week our big idea is God has a job for me and you. So when we do this big idea, we're going to add a couple emotions to it. When I say God has a job for me, point to yourself. You are me. Yes. Very good. And when I say you, I want kids, point to your parents. Parents, point to your kids. If your kids are not here, point to the person next to you. Point to somebody else's kids. All right? Because <laughs> God has a job for me and you. My kid's over there. Hey, kid. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I can po point to parent or kid. There we go. All right, so that is our big idea today because God has a job for each member of our family, for kids and for parents. He has a job that is special and a job that glorifies him. So let's say our big idea together on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. God has a job for me and you. Very nice. All right, I'm turning it back over to Pastor Landon for our memory verse. All right, could I get, let's see, is it Sam and Addison up here? We are going to do a memory verse. In Kids Church, every month we have a memory verse that goes along with the sermon series that we're doing. But today is a special day. We have a specific memory verse just for today. And it's not on my paper. I'm, I'm going to pull it up. Okay, uh, put it up on the screen. There's our memory verse. Colossians 3, 20 through 21. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Parents, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. So that goes along with what we're saying, how God has jobs for each of us, parents, parents and children. So what we're going to do today is, this is why I have Sam and I have uh, Addison up here on the stage, is we are going to do motions to the memory verse to help us remember it. And we're going to have a competition. Boys versus girls. Men versus women. Men and boys, you will work together. And girls and, wi and, and women, you guys will be on a team together. And we will see who can say the memory verse better and do the motions the best. So that's, that's our competition. So first, I'm going to have them show you guys what the motions to the memory verse are. Do you guys know the motions to the memory verse? You do? Okay, good. All right. Here we go. This is the test run. They're going to show you what the motions are. All right? Ready? Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Parents, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Oh, discouraged. Okay. So, let lest, lest they become discouraged. I was not, not pronouncing it right there was a whisper from the back, lest they become discouraged. Okay, so do you guys think you got it? Do you think you saw the motions from them and you guys are ready? Okay, all right. Then let's have the women and girls stand up and you guys will have your, you guys will have your practice round and you'll be able to practice the motions together. All right, only girls and women. 
Boys, you don't want to taint the results and accidentally give them more points. Okay. All right. And Sam, don't do anything. You stay back. We, we want to win. Yeah. Boys win. Okay. One, two, three. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Parents, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Colossians, I got to add this part. Colossians 3, double dot, 20 and 21. I forgot to add that part. So that was your practice. So ladies and girls, sit down. Boys, you're going to have your practice now. So all the men and boys, stand up. We're going to have our practice round. Don't forget, we got to add that Colossians 3, double dot, 20, and 21. All right? Here we go. Three, two, one. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Parents, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Colossians Three, double dot, 20 and 21. Wow. That was pretty good, you guys. And that was just the practice round. Okay. All right. Now we're going to have the real thing. This is the real thing. I hope, I hope that practice helped you. And you guys are ready to do even bigger, louder, and better motions. And you guys are going to be watching because you're going to help me judge who did better. Okay. All right. Ladies, it's your turn to stand up. We're going to do it for real this time. Do it for real this time. Is it? It's lest. It's lest. Lest. Okay. All right. I'll remember that. All right. Three, two, one. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Parents, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Colossians 3, double dot, 20 and 21. All right, nice, nice. All right, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Boys, you got to do better this time. All right, here we go. Guys, stand up. Guys, stand up. This is the real deal. And we're going to be voting. We're going we're gonna to be judging between the two. All right. Three, two, one. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Parents, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Colossians 3, double dot, 20 and 21. All right. Okay. All right. Well, Sam, Addison, let's come over here. We have to, we have to judge between the, between the two to see who did better. Okay. Who, who do you think was better? No, what, what about you? You think that, that, that they were doing good? What about, what about you? You think we should have pizza after this? Yeah? Yeah, okay. I think we should too. Um, we're going with, with this one. Or you going with that one? All right, what's your vote? Okay. That's, that's true. Okay. All right, all right, we're ready. Okay. The results are in. Drum roll, please. 
the winner of the memory verse game with the most clear memory verse and best motions are the girls. Boys, I'm sorry. You were louder. <laughs> you were louder, but the girls just barely edged you out. All right. Well, thank you, Sam. Thank you, Addison, for coming up and helping with that. Thank you all for being a part. Let's see. I'm looking for something. What? What? Who, who's that? Pastor Landon! Where are you? Wait. I'm on the What's stage. On? Who, who is that? It's me! Oh, hey, Jersey girl. Hey! hey. How's it going? It, I mean, it's going pretty well. Uh, how, how are you? Wait a second. What? Where are we? <laughs> this does not look like an elementary school music classroom. No, this is not the music classroom. This is the elementary school gym. We are in big church today. Oh, you know what? That explains all the adults. Yeah, yeah. I this normally don't see church. adults. Hello, big people. Yeah? This is our kids' church takeover. Very nice, very nice. Can you excuse me for one moment? Oh, okay. Uh, well, Jersey girl, I'm I'm glad you're here. Um, but I'm back. You're back. Okay, good. You, hey. you just missed out on the memory verse. You could have you could have helped the girls. I mean, they, they won. Oh, nice ladies, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Great job. Yeah. You know, I am very loud. I probably could have helped even more. Yeah. Yeah, probably so. But, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, sorry. I was a little bit late because, you know what? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Okay, are you ready? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, my parents, oh, they were telling me I had to clean my room before I came to church. And that made me so mad. I did not want to clean my uh, room. Well, you didn't want to clean your room. No, I, not one bit. I understand. Sometimes I don't want to clean my own room. But, oh, really? You know... Yeah, but, you know, if your parents told you you needed to clean your room, you, you're supposed to listen to them. Okay, you know what? You don't understand, Pastor Landon. They keep saying that it isn't clean when all that there is is a giant pile of clothes in the corner and some uh, food under my bed and a few toys out of place. But you know what? That's fine. I don't get it, though. They keep saying it's not clean. It's not clean. But I say it's fine. Well, well, those things do sound like things that should be cleaned up. But like them the, there. Okay, you know what? First of all, first of all, are you ready? The uh, pile of clothes is way easier than hanging them up. I can just look through all the clothes and I know exactly where they are. They get all warm when the sun comes in my window and it shines right. on the pile and they're nice right. and toasty like they just came out of the dryer or something. Yeah, but, you know, don't you have a bed? Wouldn't that be better? Okay, you know what? That That's that's a good point. You know what? A bed would be a nicer place to take a warm nap. But I like sleeping on the pile sometimes. It's nice. Okay. But, you know, the food under the bed definitely seems like something that is a could be a big problem. Aren't, aren't you afraid that it would attract rats or bugs to your room? No, not at all. The more, the merrier. Oh, no. We can have a little party under the bed with the rats. Oh, the no. You ever seen Cinderella? Jersey girl. You ever seen Cinderella? She had all kinds of mouse friends. Yeah, but that's a cartoon. They made her a dress. In real life, it's not safe. It's, it's really unhealthy. You could get sick by trying to have a party with wild animals. That's exactly what my parents said. You sound like my parents. Have you been talking to my parents? 
No, I, I don't think I've ever met them. Oh. Well, sometimes I just wish that they would let me live my life. Well. I want to live my life. I, I know. We all do. But, Jersey Girl, I think your parents are trying to let you live your life. But right now, they're trying to teach you something that will help you all throughout your life. They're trying to help you learn about responsibility. Something, you know, they give you something small now, like your room or your clothes pile, so that they can train you up, so that you can take care of an entire house when you get older. Because when you're an adult, you have to take care of a lot of things and be responsible for a lot of things, like bills or keeping a job or mowing the lawn, all kinds of things. This is news to me. God gave your parents the job of teaching you how to be an adult, among other things. And it's your job to obey them and learn. Do you remember when we talked about the Ten Commandments? Yeah. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago we were talking uh -huh. about the Ten Commandments. Well, the Fifth Commandment says, honor your father and mother. And the Bible tells us that this is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother... Things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. Ooh. As children, it's our job to honor our parents, and a lot of times, that means doing what they tell us to do, the first time without complaining. And when we do, God's promise to us is that things will go well for us, and we'll have long lives. Okay, well, you know, I've not really been a fan of following the rules all the time. Yeah. You remember when I told you about that baking soda volcano that blew up in my face? Yeah. Oh, ah, and but it was I all over my face. you were turning over a new leaf when that happened. Yes, I have been trying to follow the rules more often since then. But I didn't really think about, you know, doing what my parents tell me to do as following one of God's rules. Okay. So that's pretty interesting. Thank you, Pastor Landon. Yeah, of, of course. Jersey Girl, um, now that I think about it, did your parents let you come to church by yourself? Oh, no, no, no. Actually, they're here somewhere. Where are you We're guys? here. Oh. Hello. Oh, hey, guys. Oh, hi. Uh, yeah. We were just where, where have you guys been? Yeah, we were just looking for a bathroom we could use that wouldn't make any big noises. Oh, that's good. Pastor Moises would be happy. Hey, Mom. Hey, Dad. Yes, Jersey Girl. <laughs> Look, I, I wanted to say that I'm sorry. I disobeyed you. And, and when we get home, I'm going to clean my room exactly like you told me to. Oh, Jersey Girl, thank you. <laughs> we love you. Oh. I love you guys, too. I love you guys so much, and I'm going to do what you Give me a minute. Wow. I'm going to obey you guys from now on, okay? Now I'm going to obey. I'm going to listen. Wow. I, I love reconciliation. Or listen to the rest of the message. Okay, we're going to go sit down, and we're, we're going to listen to the rest of the message. I feel like it's going to be a good one. Okay. All right. All right. Bye, boys and girls. Bye, Pastor Landon. Thank you for having us. Bye. Bye, Jersey Bye. Girl. Bye. Bye, Jersey Girls Let's parents. Go. Let's go. Wow. We love reconciliation, don't we? Wow. Well, boys and girls, what, what Jersey Girl was talking about is actually a really good example for all of you. You may feel like your parents are doing something mean or 
uh, or you know, unfair whenever they tell you to do a chore or they punish you for doing something wrong. But they're more likely than not trying to teach you something. They're more likely trying to teach you something. Cleaning your room may seem like a big job now, but as an adult, you may be responsible for a whole house with a yard and everything. So they're training you to be ready for that. It's important to honor your parents by obeying them the first time. But if you do disobey, you should apologize as soon as possible and try to make it right. All right? You guys got that? Great. Great. Now, um, I think we're ready for our Bible story, which we were going to do before we were interrupted by the puppets. Jersey Girl is here. We like... Yeah, you're, you always go away. Yeah. All right, Bible story. All right, time for our Bible story. That was fun. I don't know what happened, but it sounded like it was fun. Hate I missed that. All right, so during our Bible story, let me tell y'all what we do. We like to uh, get some audience participation during our Bible story. So every once in a while, I'm going to be asking for a couple of volunteers so, this is open to kids, parents, uh, adults, teenagers, whoever. If you want to be a part of our Bible story, I know, I see your hands. Just give me a minute. I'll, I'll call for you in a minute. Give me a minute, guys. All right, so our Bible story today is found in Genesis chapter 22. If you have your Bible today, please open it to there. Genesis chapter 22. We like our, the kids to have their Bibles so that we can show them how to use it. So if you're sitting next to your parent and you don't know how to look up something in your Bible, see if they'll help you. All right, so we're going to be talking about Abraham, Sarah, and their son today. So can I get two people that would like to play Abraham and Sarah? Can I get, let me get grown-ups for this one. We got grown-ups to play Abraham and Sarah. I will, okay, okay. All right, Colleen, you can be Sarah. I need Abraham, though. I need, oh, come on. Come on. Oh, yeah, come on. Come on, let's go. I know, you were voluntold. I know, Jenny raised your hand for you, but here you are. All right, so come stand over here for me. Uh, right down here in front of this lovely curtain. Thank you, there we go. All right, so here we have Abraham and Sarah. God had been leading Abraham and his family for a while. And he had promised Abraham and Sarah that they would have a son, even though they were both very old. Pretend to be very old. You're so old. Like crazy old. Yeah. There you go. There you go. But just like God had promised, Abraham and Sarah did have a son, and they named him Isaac. Where's Isaac? Let me see. Who can play Isaac? Let me have Levi. Get on up here. Levi, you are now Isaac. This is Isaac. In, Gen in Genesis 22.1, it says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham. He replied, here I am. So here I am. There he is. And then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac. Go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. That is not at all what Abraham expected to hear from God. 
But Abraham was obedient to God. So they went to sleep. And they got up early the next morning. Oh, it's morning. And they started packing up their stuff. They started packing up their stuff, getting ready to go. And they're going to bring two servants with them. I need two servants. Let me see. Calvin, Christian. They're very strong, and they're going to help you carry stuff. There we go. So it says in verse 3, he took with him two, two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. So you're going to start on your journey. It's a long journey, so just start walking. Just start walking. Sarah, wave goodbye to them. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you later. It's a long journey. Slow it down. Slow it down. There you go. You're going to be walking for a long time. It says after three days of walking. So we're going to be here a minute. They, they made it to the mountain, finally. And in verse 5, it says, Abraham said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while, while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. He said, we will worship, and then we will, and then we will. Yeah. All right, servants. So you can sit down right here, servants. Just sit down and wait. Oh, you're so good. You're so good at that. So you guys are over there. You're on the mountain. Excellent. So Abraham and Isaac went up, and Isaac asked, Father, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the sacrifice? Abraham knew what God had told him to do, and he trusted God. So he said, God will provide the lamb. The Bible tells us that Abraham had faith that even if God didn't stop him from killing Isaac, Abraham believed that God had the power to raise him up again. So he knew that he just had to obey God. So they're still walking. They're getting all the way up the mountain. The mountain's right there. You don't have to go that. Yeah, there you go. I like it. You're really climbing. It says in verse 9 that when they reached the top, Abraham built an altar. Build yourself a little altar there. Nice, nice. He tied Isaac up. Tie him up. Yeah, there you go. Lasso. Nice. And he placed him on the altar. Then Abraham reached out his hand with a knife in it, just about to kill Isaac, but then God stopped him. It says, the angel of the Lord said, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me, your son, your only son. And just like that, Abraham looked over and saw a ram caught in the thicket. <laughs> yeah. So they got the ram. Go get him. Bah. Go ahead. Bah. Don't, now, don't make this graphic, but they did sacrifice the ram. Bah. Very good. And Abraham named, <laughs> Abraham named that place Jehovah Jireh, meaning the Lord will provide. The Bible says that because Abraham trusted God with his only son, God promised to bless him and all of his descendants, and that through his offspring, all the nations of the world would be blessed. And just like his promise, all the nations of the world are being blessed because of Abraham's descendants. 
In the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, we see that Jesus' earthly parents were descendants of Abraham. And that is the end of our Bible story. Thank you, everyone. Yes, thank you, actors. Shout out to the Ram. That was great, guys. Thank you. That's how we like to do Bible stories. It's always fun. All right, so that kind of moves us into our, our points for today. We're going to get into more of a serious lesson time usually after this Bible story. So kiddos, I want you to keep listening, all right? But this is mostly for your parents. So, you know, take a breath, but keep listening because it involves you too. So the Bible gives children some specific instructions. Basically, it says, kids, listen to your parents. Obey them, honor them, show respect. That sounds pretty simple, right? Yeah? Yeah, it's simple instructions, but I know simple instructions can still be hard to follow sometimes. But that's basically what it says for kids. But for parents, there are some more instructions, and they're a little bit more situational. But the big picture is that God's job for us as parents is that we are supposed to be our children's primary discipler. Not their pastors, not their teachers, not us, but it's your job to disciple your children. You have ultimate spiritual authority and spiritual responsibility for them. I mean, we love what we do, but God is going to hold us accountable for Dove. <laughs> so you are responsible for the spiritual upbringing of your children. The Great Commission does not end at your front door. We have to bring the gospel into our own homes, and you have to be aware of what you bring into your homes, content, media, people. You know, be aware of that because you are discipling them and bringing them up in the way that they should go. Proverbs 22.6 says, bring up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That sounds wonderful, but how do we do that? So our first point today is don't provoke discipline. We read in Ephesians 6, verse 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, many of us, we hear the word discipline and maybe we feel some kind of way about it. We're not really sure what that means. We may think of the kinds of discipline we get as kids, whether that's spankings or timeouts or having a privilege taken away or not being able to go to a certain activity or whatever that may be. Um, but, you know, in, in the modern age, we kind of, there's a lot of not great feelings about the whole idea of discipline, but the Bible says that we are supposed to discipline our kids. It says in, in Proverbs, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. God wants us to discipline our children so that they know the ways they should go. And there's, it's a different kind of discipline that Paul is talking about here in Ephesians. He says, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So what does that mean? That's this. This is the instruction of the Lord. So what we get from God's word is how we're supposed to live. And those disciplines in there are kind of looked at strangely by our world. You know, the world tells us the complete opposite of what God's word does. You know, the, the world tells us, you know, look out for yourself, be nice to people who are nice to you, where the Bible teaches us unconditional love. You know, the world teaches us to, you know, go with your feelings, follow your heart, whereas the word tells us self-control. 
And the Bible says that we should be selfless. We should do acts of service and serve one another rather than, you know, looking out for ourselves, trying to promote ourselves. You know, the world often tells us, you know, you do you, that's fine, I'm going to mind my business. But the Bible says to witness to people. Don't let them do them. Witness to them and tell them God's word. So, but these are not just things that we need to tell our kids, but they are things that we should live ourselves. We have to lead by that example, which leads us to point two, and I'm gonna give it to Erica. Amen, amen. How are you guys? I'm nervous, but good. <laughs> um, so my name is Erica, I'm the youth pastor here, and I am going to speaking on point number two, which is model godly behavior. Um, back in Ephesians 5, Paul wrote, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice for God. We're supposed to be an example of godly behavior for our children, following God's laws ourselves and keeping ourselves accountable. Children, this is not an excuse to call your parents out if they mess up. You're supposed to honor them, not make fun. Teenagers, talking to you too. <laughs> um, Paul continues in verse 3 saying, But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. He's saying as Christians, these things are so important to look out for. Um, don't be sexual and moral. Live purely. Don't covet. Don't even tell crude jokes or talk foolishly, but give thanks to God instead. It says, look out for these things. It's proper among saints, but it's almost more important if you have little children. They're like little sponges, just soaking up everything you do and say, which then translates to what the adult response to situations looks like. Um, we need to give our kids godly instructions, but we also need to show them what the Christian life looks like and let there be thankfulness always. The first Friday night that I met with the youth, I told them a little bit about my story and how I grew up in church. Um, I told them how since I was five or six years old, I volunteered in the kids ministry. Um, my mom and my dad were always very involved in church. My mom was the kids director. Both my mom and dad were youth leaders. Um, so I grew up very involved in church. My parents were very involved. Um, and since I was their daughter, when, there was youth, when they were youth leaders, um, I would always have to tag along, right? Uh, every youth camp they did, every Wednesday night meetup, I would be there with them. Um, and it was during this time in my life where when I attended these youth camps as a little kid, even though I was a student, I would still attend. Um, I think that is where God spoke to me the most throughout my life, where he impacted me the most. Um, and during that time, one of those camps, I remember very, like it was yesterday, God spoke to me directly. He, I spoke in tongues for the first time, and it was just a life-changing experience. Um, when we started Greater Life Church, Moises and Rosie, they were the youth pastors there, and once we started attending there, I was finally a student. I was a student in the youth, and then as I grew, when I graduated high school, I became a volunteer, and that's where I was like, I'm good. Volunteer, I'm set. 
And then, but they would always joke, you're going to be the youth pastor next, watch. I'm like, nope, not going to happen. Line draws there, volunteer, that's all I am. Um, but obviously God has had other plans for me, um, which is funny because I never imagined myself in this place. Um, but here I am, and I'm so thankful and blessed to be in this position. But as I look back now, I see that God was molding me and preparing me for where I am today. If it wasn't for my parents and for my family, I don't think I would be where I am now. If it wasn't for them modeling that godly behavior, I wouldn't be here. And if I didn't respond and obey to what they were teaching me, I might have been doing something else right now. So now that I'm in this stage of life, I see how much their involvement and their modeling has impacted me. And my prayer is that when it is our turn, hopefully soon, <laughs> My prayer, sorry, I, I had to put that in, I had to put that in. But my prayer is that I am able to model that same godly behavior to my children so that they can end up, hopefully one day, to where I am right now. So I encourage you to come to church, worship, serve with us Friday nights, be in the word, find time for God in your personal life, and one day your kids are going to see it and know how important it is for them to live for him. That is my point. Thank you. Wow, amazing. Now I now I feel like I'm uh, I'm coming to you like Paul said in fear and with much trembling, um, because point number three is if you don't, the world will. Um, we touched on the proverb: train up the child in the way he should go, and. It's so important because the world is filled with many perversions, perversions of truth with my truth and your truth, perverted lifestyles, perverted justice. From birth, we are all bent toward evil, and it's only God who is truly righteous. And if we, parents, who are closer to God, trying to get closer every day, who have relationship with him, you know, going on years, do not impart that, you know, that lifestyle to our children, then the world has an opportunity to really influence them. We see this all the time in public schools. Um, we're hearing about, you know, books they have in their libraries that, you know, and, and people they invite to read to the children in the libraries. Um, even what they choose to teach or uh, not teach in their lessons. I heard about a school in Florida where they were voting to get rid of some really sexually immoral books from an elementary school library. And the whole spin from the reporters talking about it was just parents upset about elementary books. Want to ban knowledge of other identities, not, you know, I, I just think like, how did we come to this in the world where someone thought that it was a good idea to put that in the library in the first place? And, and they really are not age appropriate. Um, really, some are not appropriate for anybody. Um, but the world is full of perversions. It's not just that. Even TV shows. I, I've told Rebecca before we even had Dove that I don't want our kids watching the show Peppa Pig. And <laughs> she agrees with me, but I mean, you know, uh, 
I don't know if you guys agree with me, but <laughs> you may see it as a show about a family of pigs, which it is, and they all have British accents, and there are these videos on Instagram of, of like American kids, and they watch Peppa Pig, and then, then they have cute little British accents too. <laughs> it is cute, um, but seriously, Peppa, the main character pig, is a very bratty and rude child in almost every episode. There are a lot of temper tantrums and name calling from her, and sometimes it's used to teach a lesson, but sometimes it's not. And if it's in an episode or you know a series of episodes, it could turn into a pattern that children pick up on as normal behavior, and that's not good. They also really make fun of Daddy Pig in the show for being fat or doing something foolish, which is a pattern among a lot of TV shows. Dads are either funny or stupid or both if they're even in the picture at all. Every once in a while in these shows, the piano music will play and the dad will give like a little nugget of wisdom and then just a moment later, he'll slip on a banana peel and the studio audience just starts laughing again. And Peppa Pig is pretty mild when it comes to this content, but so many shows made for kids have other, worse things. Overly sexualized characters, blatant immorality throughout. Not to mention what you could find on YouTube, the, the kids app, YouTube Kids. There is a YouTube channel um, run, it's called Mr. Beast. It is the fastest or one of the fastest growing internet personalities for people under 18. And another channel, Miss Rachel, who is promoted as a preschool learning channel. Both of these channels have recurring cast members who identify as a gender that is opposed to their genetics. The world is full of perversions and it's just out there. If we don't raise our kids up in the way they should go, the world will try to raise them up in the way it thinks they should go. Ultimately, the way the devil wants them to go. The way their own sinful nature would want them to go. Now, sometimes you can't control what your kids are going to see or hear. Something may pop up or in your neighborhood or school, even good schools. Some kids just say crazy things, right? When we're not looking to hide them from everything. They're going to find it sometime. But because, you know, it may not be possible to hide them, shelter them from these things forever. But you can, <coughs> sorry, you can be prepared to give a godly response to everything they encounter. If a boy, you know, in the neighborhood says he has two mommies, and your kid asked why, you can tell them about sin, about how God made marriage for a man and a woman, but that some people live in sin and say that they're married. Two women, two men, what have you. But that's wrong, and here's what the Bible says about it. And, and you take them to the word. This gives your kids the antibodies to the sickness the world has to offer. That way, the next time they encounter something, they, something like that, they have a firm foundation and a way of combating it in their own minds and also to 
the, the kids who would talk to them about it. And even if you aren't a parent, there are kids in your circle, nieces, nephews, grandchildren, kids in the neighborhood, kids here at church, right? And you can, you can have a hand in teaching some of the godly principles to your grandchildren, your nieces, nephews, kids in the neighborhood, kids here at church. Every adult in this church has an opportunity to help these kids grow in their relationships with God and see what good godly living is like when you model it for them. Rebecca and I are so happy and blessed to be able to set up in the music room and, and teach your kids every Sunday and on Fridays, but, you know, that's just a couple hours every week. You have the rest of their lives. So train them up in the way they should go. God bless you.